zone. Yes, seven days in a week. Man, you ain't big pop. I'm your big bad booty daddy in the non-stop. Welcome all and come on in to the Wrestling Reanimator podcast. It's episode three and we've got a lot to cover from the world of professional wrestling. It's been one of the biggest weeks in wrestling history and honestly I didn't think I'd say that going into this week uh, but it cannot be denied now. Hi everyone and thanks for joining us. For those of you who have listened before, thank you and welcome back. It's much appreciated and for those of you who it's your first time listening to our podcast, strap in friends i'm i'm mike lewis joined as always by my good buddy my tag team partner and a man who attended one of these major wrestling events over this past week derek warnke derek what's up what's going on you freaking mocks <laughs> yeah man takeover 36 it was a fun experience man i had a great time well we've had this episode marked on our calendars for quite some time and we knew this whirlwind week slash weekend was coming. And, and we're here now to download it all to the best of our ability. We may not get to all of it, but we're certainly going to try to hit the high points here uh, more than the low points. It was a hell of a time to tune into some wrestling. And uh, there were returns. Yeah, there were returns. There were tears. There were ups. There were downs. Derek, we cried. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I cried. We cried. We cried. We laughed. We had fun, man. Um, I think my wife's going to divorce me because I've been watching so much fucking wrestling in the last two weeks, and I know she wants me dead. So, honey, are you listening to this? I apologize, but it's all going to be worth it in the end. So much fucking wrestling, Mike. Holy shit. I, I am still trying to recover. I re- recently engaged. I've had to deal with similar, you know, I feel so bad for my fiance having to deal with me. Uh, watching wrestling almost every day here, uh, but it's been a wild week. We were going to do this last night, uh, but we just really needed to recharge the batteries, realized that dynamite was the next day and thought, okay, well, <laughs> let's just, uh, let's take a step back here and maybe we just give it another day. Let us breathe <laughs> for a second because man, it was from Friday. I mean, you had SmackDown. You had Rampage, which we'll get to in a minute because that was huge. Then the next day was SummerSlam, then NXT TakeOver, then Monday Night Raw, and then we finally got a little bit of time to breathe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Then it was NXT. <laughs> oh, it's too much, Mike. It's literally too much it's every day. Like, like Mike said, we were going to record the podcast, and Mike said, fuck, there's Dynamite tomorrow. Let's just record it tomorrow. I mean, yes. dude, we don't even know what to do, man. There's there's literally, we never thought there'd be too much wrestling. It's a great problem to have. Um, I mean, It really is. We're lucky right now. We live in a time where we have, uh, you know, a lot of different alternatives and avenues that we can take as wrestling fans to watch. You know, Monday, if you're not into what you're seeing on Raw, I know a lot of people haven't been, and that's not a, a direct shot. But at the same time, you know, the next night you also have NXT. And, you know, Wednesdays, you always have Dynamite now. 
Um, they also have Impact Wrestling and 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 SmackDown and Rampage. So like like we said, there's there's wrestling just about every single day right now. So if you're not pleased with what you're seeing on one night, you're always welcome to tune in another. Whether it's the same promotion, whether it's not, um, there's always something. Um, but I know usually we go segment uh, by segment. We start with Skin and the Cat. Usually is kind of how we. Uh, you know, just break down everything, but we're, we're just going to jump right in because I can't hold my excitement back any longer. I'm not ashamed that I'm a mark for CM Punk. Derek, yeah, after baby. seven long years, after countless matches where you sat back and you watched the crowd chant CM Punk at WWE matches that just were lackluster and boring, just to stick it to them that CM Punk was gone. CM Punk has returned to the world of professional wrestling in a big way. Man, I mean, I'm still at a loss for words. Hell yeah, brother. The Second City Saint is back, man. The King has returned. It's good shit, man. I mean, and this this is just a fun little fact. CM Punk broke pro wrestling tees. He broke mm-hmm. ProWrestlingTees.com. If you if you buy your shirts like I do, Mike, I know you get your shirts from Pro Wrestling Tees. I just, I just want to let you see this little fact right here. He broke the website so bad that they have to have a queue system now. You have to have <laughs> a queue system. And then when you get in to the queue, you have 10 minutes to do shopping and check out. If not, they boot you out of the shop. That's like how trying to get a PS5. <laughs> it's worse. That's how that's how hot this man's merchandise is. That they had to create a fucking queue. And I'm looking at a screenshot right now, and it literally says your number is eight thousand four hundred and forty-five. There's seventeen hundred people in front of you. That's fucking insane to get a CM Punk T-shirt. What if Dude, I want what? a Danhausen T-shirt? <laughs> I can't get a Danhausen T-shirt because I gotta wait for all these CM Punk marks. Well, now you have to be very evil, very patient to get a Dan housing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to get a fucking shirt housing. I have to wait in the queue housing. <laughs> I mean, but no, man, that, that that was insane to me. I saw that. I had to share that because that blew my mind today. Yeah, I mean, dude, when when so first off, like it's we know Rampage is an hour. So we're sitting there kind of thinking to ourselves, like, okay, we know if punk is there which you know at that point it was almost a foregone conclusion but if punk is there you know they're gonna let him talk and how long are they gonna let him talk is it gonna be the leading segment so there's a lot of speculation and 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 i know that you and i had talked about it a bit too what you know what would they do and i mean when his music hit about 10 12 seconds into rampage I was blown away thinking to myself, I cannot believe they're starting the show with it, but you know what? It was the, it was the right decision. And when he hit the stage and the CM Punk chants were so loud that they were overwhelming his entrance music. I, I, on television, you could barely hear a cult of personality being played because the crowd was so electric and so loud and it brought the man to tears. And I think as we've seen, it's brought a lot of, a lot of grown men to tears. I, I choked up 
you know, I'll be honest, I choked up watching him come back. I mean, you could see how much he truly appreciated that moment and took it in. Um, yeah. When he, when he hit the ring, man, that was special. That was really special. It was a very special moment, man. And if you watch Being the Elite, you saw him backstage and you saw cue music and you saw him look and point to himself and go, for me? And everybody was giving him his flowers and he went out and holy shit, dude, what a moment. And I'm going to be completely honest, man. I got my second COVID shot on Friday and we were talking about it the entire day. And I'm laying on the couch and Jellica's like, you're going to fall asleep. You're going to miss the whole thing. I go, I'm not going to miss the whole thing. CM Punk's coming back. I woke up at 12 p.m., Mike. Sorry, 12 a.m. I woke up midnight. And I said, <laughs> fuck, I missed the whole thing. I missed the whole thing. Thank God I have a channel that plays Rampage 24-7. And I, I had to watch it 15 times. I had to watch it 15 times. Just the same promo over and over again. He, he killed it. He knocked it out of the park. And what a surreal moment to be a part of and see. And holy shit, man. It was, it was, uh, it was definitely a sight, man. I mean, for, for someone like you and me who that generation of Ring of Honor wrestlers that CM Punk was a part of with, you know, Daniel Bryan slash, you know, Brian Danielson, um, and we'll get to that as well. But, uh, you know, that generation of those Ring of Honor stars that really like were mainstays in the wrestling business for the majority of, I would say, like our adolescence. Um, you know, when we were kids, like in high school, we, you know, discovering Ring of Honor, discovering guys like CM Punk, CM Punk, for me personally, always felt like a wrestler that I could get behind. And I, I, and I was always so, you know, into this guy that wasn't built like a wrestler in WWE, but uh, you know what he could do in the ring was so impressive and even more so the character that he had created and his skills on the microphone you know it was somebody who embodied what the independent wrestling scene was at that time and his matches against guys like Samoa Joe and Austin Aries uh, you know those those were legendary at that time and I still think they're some of the best uh, wrestling matches you'll see, uh, you know, bar none from that era, and maybe you know of all time. I'd I'd oh, say agreed. it's up there. Agreed, agreed. There. Yeah, I mean, he he really made a name for himself, and man, his promo, you know, when he, he everyone likes to talk about the summer of punk. You know, you've had a summer of punk in Ring of Honor, you've had a summer of punk in WWE, and now another summer of punk just seemingly starting right now in AEW. It's so interesting um, to watch this man's career unfold. But what really struck me in that promo, and I know that it was a sticking point for a lot was when he talked about his final, the, the date of his final match in ring of honor in 2005, and then discussing his return to professional wrestling in 2021, yeah. which, you know, a clear shot at WWE. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, we grew up with him. And, you know, when he got signed by WWE, we popped hard for that because we were like, oh, my God, he's going to have some awesome matches. They're going to do some good stuff. And here he goes with this amazing championship run and is the face of the company. And now to see him back in professional 
wrestling quotation marks it's a cool feeling man it's cool because we get to see cm punk the way we always wanted to see cm punk with no rules no restrictions and now we get to see some awesome fantasy bookings we've been dreaming about so super super awesome stuff is on the horizon man yeah and then going into dynamite his uh you know his promo he puts over all the young talent you know, this is a guy who wants to come back and he wants to work with, you know, a lot of the of the wrestlers that we are starting to really watch emerge. Guys like Darby Allen. Uh, he mentions guys like, you know, uh, Penta. And uh, I could and immediately I keep thinking to myself, like, wow, I can't want to watch any of these matches like I would watch and pay for all of these matches. Um, and, and, and like going back to. Um, what punk means to professional wrestling over you know sports entertainment is cm punk always you know even in wwe maybe because at the time he was in wwe john cena was the guy right i always felt and you know guys like him too it just always felt like he was our guy he was the professional wrestling fans guy you know, maybe if you were a quote unquote like WWE fanatic or a WWE hardcore, John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, you know, those were your guys. But if you were a fan of professional wrestling, guys like CM Punk were the guys that you were always rooting for because you right. wanted them to break through that ceiling and get to the main event. And obviously we know Punk's history with WWE and he was the WWE champion for the longest reign of the modern era. And he wasn't the main event of WrestleMania. And I know, and we all have heard the stories of how much that really affected him. Um, I mean, you and I both know, and, and we can talk about it a little bit here because he alluded to it in his dynamite promo uh, when the crowd started chanting yes, and yeah. he says, you know, that's someone else's shtick and you might have to be a little more patient. I mean, Derek, I, I know how you feel about Brian Danielson. Oh so go my ahead. God, Mike. Oh my God. I mean, it, it, to the fact that we, we could possibly be seeing CM Punk and Brian fucking Danielson in AEW is if, if, if we would have got a fucking back to the future telephone and called young Mike and young Derek and said, you're never going to believe it. You're never going to fucking believe it. Brian Danielson, see a punk are going to go to AEW. We would have jizzed in our fucking pants. We would have fucking <laughs> lost all functions of our fucking bowels. And we would have fucking shit ourselves like fucking a couple of Melvins. There's nothing cooler than that. I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's the perfect time. If you're going to do it, now's the time. The company's growing. And, you know, we made this joke at TakeOver about Adam Cole. They're picking up anyone they get their hands on, but they're booking them right. And they're booking them the way we wanted to see them. It's not a complicated process. You know, give the fans what the fans want to see. And the fans want to see CM Punk. And the fans want to see Brian Danielson. And hell, the fans want to see Bray Wyatt which could also be another game changer with this company. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's amazing to be in this era where, let me rephrase that, era where, um, you know, we get to see 
CM Punk, A, go up against guys he's already gone up against, and then go against this young, fresh locker room where he's going to have amazing, amazing matches. And then you add Brian Danielson to the list. Um, I, I don't know, man. I'm speechless. It's, it's, it's a fucking awesome time for AEW. And once again, an awesome time for pro wrestling. Uh, and and that goes to my to my next point here that I want to hit on a little bit is with guys like CM Punk who you know there's all these I hear this talk about how he's not really a, a game changer he's not going to move the needle enough he's not a big enough household name when CM Punk hit the stage for Rampage Sports Center was tweeting about it. Like there was coverage from all these different media outlets that don't cover professional wrestling like that. And so, okay, maybe CM Punk was never considered a guy who could headline a major pay-per-view. Like we won't, we don't know that because he never had the opportunity to do that in WWE. Exactly. So, I mean, now when I look at it, you have CM Punk, potentially guys like Brian Danielson as well, who, who is maybe more of a household name in recent years. Um, but one, the world has never seen on a grand stage what Brian Danielson can do versus Daniel Bryan. I think Brian Danielson's got a little bit more of an edge to him than Daniel Bryan does, and the world has not really seen that yet. Um, and on top of that, now more than ever, there's really starting to be this shift in power. And I'm not saying that AEW is going to overtake WWE from a standpoint of like, which company is going to outlast the other, but from a fan interest standpoint, I I think AEW certainly is starting to grab a lot of the power in, in that struggle uh, if you want to call it a struggle, we know WWE is always going to be profitable. They'll make money to spite themselves. Oh, uh, definitely. And, you know, when I look at it now, I do sense like this, this transition of power a little bit. I mean, Derek, what do you, what, what do you think? How do you, how do you perceive it? <sighs> I think, you know, with AEW and the stuff that they're doing and the moves that they're making, it's a hard act to follow and you've all these companies trying to, you know, put on anything they can to compete. And you have WWE who's been king of the wrestling world for years. And we've seen some of the matches they put on, but recently, and like I said, I don't want to shit on WWE, you know, like I said, good wrestling, bad wrestling. It's still wrestling. I like it. I'm going to watch it. You know, that's how I am. But we've seen this repetitive cycle where we keep seeing the same matches and we keep saying, I mean, I was talking to someone the other day about the tag team division. It's the same stuff. They keep taking these, instead of vitalizing your tag team division, you keep taking two random guys battle bowl style and mixing them together and trying to give them a tag team run. It's great, but you have guys like Viking Raiders. You have guys like street profits use this talent. And that's where I think AEW is is winning this war because we're seeing these awesome tag teams who were big in the indies, who were big as free agents, who are now signed in a company where they can wrestle awesome tag team matches. A lot of young we're not tag get- teams too. Exactly. And we're not getting, I mean, 
look at look at tonight on Dynamite. We saw the Varsity Blondes go against the Lucha Brothers. That's a sick tag team match to me. Phenomenal. We haven't seen that before. Yeah, that match was really good, to, really fun to watch. And like I said, if if you could get more stuff like that, you know, I don't think WWE would be that bad. But when it's the same thing on Raw, the same thing on SmackDown, you know, it's great. I like what they're doing with a lot of these title changes and stuff. But this is stuff that should have happened months ago. This is stuff that should have happened weeks ago. So I don't know. I think they need to step up their game um, as far as, you know, a turning point on ranks and viewership and all that stuff like that. Um, WWE is king. And there's a reason they're king. They know how to market their product. They know how to make money. Um, but I mean, like I said, even Guinness Book of World Records said this was going to be the loudest wrestling crowd pop of all time with CM Punk. That's pretty friggin' impressive to not even have a wrestling call. I mean, I'm sure they have wrestling columns, but to just randomly tweet out CM Punk, biggest professional wrestling pop ever, the loudest decimals at a wrestling event. That's pretty crazy, man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's something <laughs> that's. That's pretty fucking hard to follow up, man. And you can think of all the WrestleManias and you're telling me CM Punk is the loudest. I, I mean, you heard it. I heard it. And hey. let's just, if we, if oh, we can backtrack not- real quick, real quick, the fact that we got Cult of Personality as a theme song in AEW, thanks to those nasty Tony Khan stacks, I'm all for that too, <laughs> man. That just made the entrance so much better. Man, Tony likes his copyrighted music, and I, 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 I appreciate it. I really do because I love a rest. I love that about the indies. You know, like they don't get really flagged for copyright. The fact is, like that that was that was a an insanely loud pop. Listen, I was at WrestleMania a few years back in Orlando when the Hardys came back, and I can tell you that was the loudest I've ever heard a building. That was a stadium. Um, so I don't know what the parameters are for, you know, the decibel levels and all that, but Hey, I will take the fact that CM Punk claims that record. Um, if it's Guinness, I'll, I'll believe it. Um, but, um, talking about WWE and actually, uh, you know, and I'll start with saying WWE has a, to me, a pretty large advantage in the women's division, I think their women's division is far stronger than AEW. And I well think said. that's that's the only thing that they're close to booking correctly. You know, if I could, if I could say that. Um, no, you can say it though. They've been <laughs> some of the women's matches we've seen has been crazy. I mean, even NXT's roster has been super impressive. I have been blown away with some of the matches I've seen. I've watched these matches where I said, oh, that's going to be, you know, eh, do I really want to watch that? Oh, that's going to be a bathroom match. You know, I'm going to go to the bathroom during that. But now, dude, I have been surprised. I, I have been on the edge of my seat. There's some of, some of the stuff that these girls are doing um, in these companies, it's it's insane. And what WWE is doing for them and how they're marketing them and how they're, they're booking, I'd 100% agree with that statement. Yeah, truthfully, like I... I actually feel as though there are some nights that I look forward to some of uh, the women's matches more than I'm looking forward to some of the guys. I mean, the guys' matches, it's the same thing every week. And I'm not saying that the girls, you know, aren't also wrestling the same opponents every week, but at least like they're 
story seems like it's going somewhere at some point. Um, right. But that brings me to, you know, our next point here is SummerSlam. SummerSlam was, you know, the day after Rampage and everybody that I saw on social media was like, you know, how is WWE going to show up Rampage, you know, a, a day after the debut of CM Punk? And, and rightfully so, it was a very, you know, it was a very valid question. I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, Rampage is an hour long show. The WWE has two more days of programming and two major pay-per-views. SummerSlam's arguably the second biggest pay-per-view of the year for WWE. And all I can think to myself was, wow, are we really talking about an hour of programming for a rival promotion possibly being bigger than, you know, a tentpole event for WWE and not to mention it was only maybe 20 minutes of that hour <laughs> yeah so uh and and to be honest yes yes cm punk's return i think overshadowed a lot of that weekend and i i still kind of give aew the edge you know no pun intended but um <laughs> that was pretty I, good i like i like that you're a funny <laughs> guy mike you're uh, a funny guy you know i i certainly try um, but uh, no, honestly, SummerSlam was, you know, it was okay. It was, it was a good, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was good. It was, it was entertaining, had a lot of great matches, um, some better than others. Uh, you know, the fans really seem to love RK bro. And, you know, like I can see it. I'm not the biggest fan of RK bro, but Hey, it's entertaining. Orton and Riddle are both so talented that like, I don't mind all of the scripted crap that they have Riddle doing. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll give it a pass. Yeah. Um, RK bro, man, the stoner faction, right? That's their gimmick. <laughs> that both guys smoke weed a lot. No, they're, you know, I, 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 I couldn't stand them at first, but now they're starting to grow on me. Um, I've always liked Matt Riddle. I love Matt Riddle in the Indies when he was with Jeff Cobb. I liked him by himself. You know, he had some really, really good matches, um, you know, against guys like Minoru Suzuki, uh, against some, you know, big names in, in New Japan. Um, I've always been a big fan of his and uh, what he can do in the ring. You know, trans- transitioning from MMA to WWE is, is a big step. And we've seen a lot of people do it. I think he's taken to it pretty well. I mean, he's had some pretty damn good matches. Um, so when they called him up to the, the main roster, I was kind of scared. Um, but to see him team with Randy Orton, it's 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 a trip. It's something I never thought I would see for him. Um, but watching the tag match at, at SummerSlam, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I was laughing the whole time. There was a segment where uh, Riddle jumped up on Almas, and it just showed you, like, Riddle's a he's not a small dude he's a big dude but he looked like he looked like a six-year-old trying to wrestle his dad he just (laughs) almost was sandbagging him he wasn't selling it at all and uh it was great i i i'm happy they won the straps i think it's it's a good for the story because to be honest i i think aj needs to go back to being a singles wrestler i want to see him have some really cool matches um so yeah it's I don't know what we're going to see from them in the future. Like I said, we've seen Randy hit him with an RKO, which is kind of a weird 
like I guess kind of like older brother like hey I respect you but if you shit the bed I'm gonna kick your ass so it's kind of <laughs> kind of a weird weird play but uh you know I like them I like them together I think I think there's some things they complement each other well um so yeah excited to see what they're gonna do with them um and good for them man good for them getting a, a tag title win that's pretty awesome oh yeah and getting and getting that you know getting as over as they have i mean they're really one of the most over acts on raw and um you know i get serious like rock and sock connection vibes from them like yeah I like randy playing the role of the rock and riddle being mick foley like totally odd couple tag team that don't really like one really wants to be a tag team with the other the other really couldn't give a crap but it seems like Randy's come around and given uh, Riddle a little bit more. I just wish they'd make him fucking Matt Riddle. I mean, instead of just calling him Riddle, it's it's that shit with Vince that he's just like, well, goddamn, we gotta make a guy one name. It's one name. It sounds great. It's Riddle. Riddle's such good shit. It's easier. Yeah, that's how I like it. It's a lot easier to say. I, I don't have the best brain anymore, so it... uh. It helps me remember what the guy's name is, I guess. It's it's ridiculous. Just call them what it is. Going back to our previous our previous point about the women's division in WWE, I mean, obviously the big story, the man, Becky Lynch. She's you she's called back. it, man. I, you I called mean, it. It's been it's been swirling for a while that Becky would be back. And man, that was just a weird way to to handle that entire i mean i shouldn't even say entire because it was so such a short match but that segment holy shit so you know bianca bel bianca belair has been a great smackdown women's champ since wrestlemania since winning this amazing right she's done great work and she's damn good in the ring and she's damn good on the mic I mean, the WWE have have a legitimate star that, you know, that they developed and, you know, her ankle with Sasha was pretty good. Like when Sasha oh, was really back, good. Yeah, it was, it was real. I, I couldn't wait to watch that match. I was really looking forward to it. And then obviously, you know, there were some, there were some rumors uh, surrounding Sasha that she may have, may have had COVID or, you know, something like that, obviously, you know, they're not going to come flat right out and say that, but, um, you know, there was some speculation that that match was going to, you know, hit a uh, snag. So when, when you don't hear any change to the card, you're thinking, oh, well, status quo, they keep playing, you know, during the kickoff, you know, they, and, you know, right before the match, they're playing like the whole vignette of, you know, that, that feud, and you're like, okay, all right, let's go. You know, Bianca comes out first. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a little strange. She should probably have the second, you know, entrance being the champion. And then, the, you know, the PA comes over the, the speaker and says that Sasha Banks is not, you know, going to be able to wrestle. And Carmella comes out. And, and, and made so no then sense. Made no like, sense oh. whatsoever. So Bianca is going to wrestle Carmella. And then Becky's music hits. And you're like, oh, shit, Becky's back. But you're thinking to yourself, okay, what the hell does this mean? 
So Becky comes out. They toss Carmella out of the ring. And it's just Bianca and Becky. And Becky, like, challenges her for the title right there, which, okay. But then, like, Becky, like, she fakes the handshake. I mean, Becky left as a baby face, as a major baby face. She, hand, you know, does the whole, let me shake your hand and then fucking hit you in the face. So that's a major heel move. And then she hits her with the Uranagi and pins her clean in like 26 seconds, I think, was the whole time of that match. My God, man, you just made Bianca, who was a star, look like a scrub. And I, we know that Becky is great. And we know that Becky is, you know, a top talent. But you just made Bianca's entire title reign look like insignificant in a moment. I thought that was... I thought it was pretty fucked up. Um, and then, and now clearly they're going to run with Becky as a heel. But I mean, I mean, dude, what, what, what was going through your mind when you saw that? Because I was like, I was dumbfounded. <laughs> it was a big old hot can of Duke, Mike. That's what it was. It was a big old hot fucking can that someone put in the microwave for six minutes of fucking stinky hot Duke. I don't know what they were thinking with it. It didn't make any sense to me. The whole bringing Carmella out, you knew Becky was coming back. We talked about it. Yeah. The whole bringing Carmella thing out didn't make any sense. If you're going to have Sasha not be there, why don't you have some mystery person take Sasha out? Make a storyline. There you go. You could. There's your There's your hole right there to put Becky If you're Becky booking in. Becky as a heel, if you're going to book Becky as a heel... Have Becky be behind why Sasha couldn't make it to the ring, right? Or or say Sasha can't compete. It looks like we're going to have to find a mystery opponent for Bianca Belair. And let's have a good match. Let's yeah, have at least... Becky's music hits. The, like, there's going to have to be a new opponent for Bianca. Boom. Like, Becky's music hits. Huge pop. And and you have a legitimate match, right? I mean, maybe it's it sucks for Bianca. She's going in cold against an opponent that she didn't know she was fighting. But at the end of the day, at least it made sense. People would have eaten it up. It would have been a great match. It would have told a great story. And we would have had an awesome title match. But no, we have this 20-second squash of one of your biggest talents. And it just it didn't make sense. And it it, it like I said, Mike. A hot old fucking can of Duke. <laughs> when when Carmella, Becky, and Bianca were in that ring together, I thought to myself, oh, okay, cool. Bianca and Becky are going to team up and, you know, slap the piss out of Carmella because, you know, she's the heel and you've got two, like, top baby faces. And then tease a match, you know. If you do it in SummerSlam, awesome. If you, you know, tease it for down the road, okay. But that would have made more sense to me, I think, than what happened. It killed the whole vibe of the whole show for me. Yeah, it, it killed the vibe for a lot of people is what I, what I was starting to notice. A lot of people I was talking to. Obviously, Becky's return was huge. Um, but uh, right after Becky's return, I would say another huge moment of this pay-per-view was uh, Edge versus Seth Rollins. 
I mean, you want to talk about the match that stole the entire pay-per-view? That's that's friggin' it. From the entrances to the the in-ring performance. And I don't think anyone was really that upset about the finish. Like this was, you know, from point A to point B, the the best experience I think of watching SummerSlam. I mean, I know that you popped when Edge's uh, entrance uh, began with the brood music hitting, because I certainly did. Oh, man, one of the greatest theme songs in professional wrestling. Can we just stop and, and take a quick look at that? And and I talked to you about this on the phone. It still kind of irked me. Ugh, it still kind of irked me. God, I cannot fucking talk. I apologize, people. It's late. <laughs> no, uh, it still, it, it, it ticked me off a little bit. It's just me that everybody on social media is saying, yo, he better come out with a brood entrance. It's one of the coolest entrances in professional wrestling. But yet, for some reason, man, you think you know me had a bigger pop. And I, I, I get it. There's a younger fan set now. And, you know, who, who really knows? Um, that's just me being a fucking wrestling asshole. I apologize. <laughs> hey, man. But I. The Brood entrance theme is my all time favorite theme for in professional wrestling. And really? I'm glad. Yeah, dude, it's fucking dope the this just it's i can't even describe like there's just something about it man and i think i think the brood was a period of time that only like wrestling fans from like our generation really connect with because we can remember it obviously and it's such a footnote sometimes in edge's career that i think like like you said younger audience a lot of those edge fans probably don't even know what the hell that is and why is edge coming out of the ground with fire it's cool but where's like the pyro and like where's metalingus you know yeah i I totally agree but real quick you're really gonna sit there and look me in the face and tell me the brood theme is better than the american males theme song (laughs) (laughs) it's right up it's right up there with william regal's uh, real man's man theme song. Oh, that's a classic too. God, <laughs> man. Or Billy Guns. We... I'm an ass man. Stay tuned, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, because we're gonna have a podcast that's gonna be all about wrestling themes. It's oh. coming. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> we're gonna get sued by the WWE. <laughs> uh, I think we can find a way around it, right? <laughs> but play five seconds Rollins. of a clip. Yeah, yeah, we'll play five seconds. Name that tune. <laughs> um, Edge versus Rollins, though. I mean, dude, that Matt Edge. Holy crap! I I give you know Rollins is unbelievable. The stuff that he he was doing in that match, the stuff that he always does. I mean, this is a guy who shows up and always delivers. And then you like for me, I forget because I've really not, you know, I've not seen Edge wrestle as much in this run um but dude like he's still like he's this like when edge called rollins like edge light i thought to myself like you know that's pretty goddamn accurate it's a great line that's such a great line isn't it because edge on the mic in the ring always delivers and in big matches my god man i i just really realized how much i missed edge in wwe 
Like this is a guy who's pulling out everything in his like repertoire. Like I'm talking like the educator, education. Like he whipped out the glam slam, wrestle you know, hits his wife's finishing move. I thought that was a really pretty cool. cool That's move. A, that, that we've never really seen that before in professional wrestling. So uh, I I pop for it. Um, like I said, match stole the show. It was my favorite match of the card. I think they both look strong. I'll admit when edge came back, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but as I've seen what he's done and the kind of stuff and the kind of spots he's done, he's definitely won me over. And this match I think was a big game changer in that because going up with someone like Seth Rollins, who, you know, who was a face for the company for a long time, um, who I'm a huge fan of. I mean, I loved him. I'm a huge Tyler black fan. He was my favorite member of the shield. Um, I love what they did with him. Uh, especially with the heel turn uh, with the authority. It's legendary um, now. So <laughs> to see this match and just see how well they worked with each other and just the stuff they were able to do, it just worked. It flowed well. The rhythm of the match was great. Um, Crowd and, was hot and, for it. Oh, my God. Some of the things they were doing, I mean, Edge hit this outside spear to the outside that was just clean. And, you know, we saw Rollins go for the curb stomp and, you know, we get the reversal and, oh my God, it was just cool. And side note, I want to talk both the tires, man. Oh yeah. We're on point. Those, those need to be Mattel figures in the future because Seth <laughs> with this Sergeant Pepper's jacket, he comes out with. Oh dude, I said the same thing. <laughs> and then he's got these cool, like kick pads where like the right one has like a shield piece that goes over the knee and then edge has this awesome he comes out with the brood sunglasses and the jacket and the red and black i mean it just it felt like a real badass SummerSlam moment and uh it's a match i'm i'm you know i sat there the whole entire time I was on the edge of my seat. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know, you know, and for edge to get the win and not a regular edge win for edge to win with the submission. It just made it that yeah. much better for me. That was, that was dope. That was something that I think with a match like that, you're like, Oh, okay. Edge is clearly playing the hits on this match. Yeah. Like, but not in, and I don't mean that as a knock against edge. I mean, like he's whipping out everything throughout his career, like moves that, you're like, oh, exactly. shit, I forgot about that move. If, it was great. Like I said, I saw him in the middle of the ring. You know, he pulls him back. I'm like, are they going to let him win with the submission? Is Are we really going to see this? And it was new. It was fresh. I loved it. I it Definitely, like I said, my favorite match on the card, for sure. Easily. Easily the best match. And and I will say this. Um, you know, you bring up the curb stomp. Dude, that, the curb stomp looming over that match you want to talk about storytelling this is why i i so much prefer smackdown over raw and i think a lot of people will agree i mean edge is a guy who comes back after having to retire because of his neck injuries that he's had throughout his career the fact that they book this match saying and numerous times alluding to Hey, if Edge gets curb stomped by Seth Rollins, he's done. Like not he's fucking just, dead. Yeah, like he's gonna be like fucking halfway dead. Like this is not just oh, Edge is gonna not be able to wrestle 
for a while or edge may not wrestle again it's like no you're going to ruin this man's life and for seth being the heel dude what like what more he could you have going into that match knowing that like hey if you're an edge fan you're like i don't want this guy to to end this man's life <laughs> like that was that to me was the cherry on top yeah i thought it was good 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 old white hot heel heat baby and uh i think they used it really well um because mm-hmm. you're thinking you know is, is he really gonna hit him with the curb stop right now yeah they, teased really it. Gonna, like, they kept teasing that is, it was gonna happen is he really gonna american history x this fool right in the <laughs> ring <laughs> Uh, holy shit well, uh, we have fun yeah. on this podcast <laughs> uh, it's, it's a great film it's a great film oh yeah but... if you're a fucking nazi <laughs> <laughs> um but uh you know going to um you know what what they did well in storytelling uh i'm gonna go ahead and uh go and draw a parallel to another match that completely i think lowered the stakes in their match was cena versus reigns i mean like legit dude like cena versus reigns going in to all right i will say this going into SummerSlam, if you remove smackdown from the night before from the equation dude that that match i was excited for like and i have never been excited for a john cena match not since like maybe he was the u.s champion or won the wwe title for the first time but like you know and and i can say the same for maybe like a reigns match one-on-one but reigns one-on-one with cena like i was fucking excited for it sounded like it was going to be great you have two guys you know you have the the old guard and the new guard but man you had so much confusion on, wow, like, is Reigns finally going to lose? Is Cena going to come back and win? Like, how is this going to work? Like, there was, I think, some serious doubt. And then the Friday before SmackDown, Cena's like, or Reigns says, oh, if I lose, I will leave WWE. I'm like, well, thanks for ruining this whole match. Because <laughs> there's no way you're leaving WWE. Oh, hell no. You're the golden boy. John Cena's going to fuck off back to Hollywood anytime soon now. And, you know, you just ruined the mystique of the match. Because the rest of that was awesome. The buildup the build up was some of the best stuff I've seen them do in a while. For, for Cena especially. And my God, I was so mad. I was yelling at the TV. I'm like, no! God damn it, you ruined it! Because You killed it. Look at my boy! What did you do to my boy? <laughs> I mean, God damn it. Like, they had it. They had They had me, man. They had me. And then, uh, so, and I will say, that match, underwhelmed. I was underwhelmed. And I'm not going to say that it was a bad match because I thought the end was strong. I thought it was a really strong ending, but God damn, I forgot how long John Cena matches are drawn out. Like I appreciate ring psychology, but Holy shit. Like, Oh my God, Derek, there's, go ahead. There's, oh man. You're kind of just throwing me the wolves on this one. God. <laughs> No, I, I'll sum it up like this. There's a great video that that we had in our group chat 
um, between you, me, and and Chris, our graphic designer, um, where it's this this young John Cena fan, and he hasn't even been hit with the backside of wrestling. He just <laughs> he, he loves the characters, and he's an innocent little lamb. And here he is in his John Cena memorabilia on. He's got his hat and his wristbands and his fucking stupid John Cena shirt. And he's sitting there like a little baby-faced angel. And here's John Cena. He's got Roman Reigns up on the top. Not for a regular attitude adjustment, a super attitude adjustment. That's when he's up on the top, baby. And he hits it, and this poor kid is sitting there going... Yes, that's it, mom. That's it. That's it. And Reigns kicked out. <laughs> and that's when he that's found out how dreams. Cruel, that's how he found out how cruel this world was and was stabbed in the chest with a Rambo knife and gutted <laughs> like a deer. Oh, man, I have never been a fan of the Universal title. I don't think I'll ever be a fan of fucking Universal title. I think it's the worst title in professional wrestling. Uh, hey, listen, yeah. if you disagree with me, that's awesome. I that's really awesome. But I just think your <laughs> world title should be the center point of your show. And I feel like there's no prestige on the world title anymore. And Dude, to bring the in this WWE other WWE title match, which we skipped over. Oh my God, we're gonna talk like, about. It. Do we even have why, to talk about that? Yeah, because to your point, like you can't make Lashley versus Goldberg the main event because it's horrible. <laughs> Fans will start throwing shit in the ring. And I'm not talking about cups. I'm talking about literal human shit into the fucking <laughs> ring. And we don't want, like, it's, we're going to have a riot. Someone's going to get fucking killed. It's, it's not worth it. But I will, of feces. I will say this. I will say this. You know what? I was excited for it. I thought it was going to be good, you know, and uh, friggin' let's, let's go into I thought the, it was going to be good. <laughs> not Goldberg and Lashley. I'm talking about Cena oh, and okay. Reigns. But My bad. transitioning back to the Lashley-Goldberg match, I, I think, the, you know when you have a match and the only time someone cheers in that entire match is when the heel beats up the good guy's son? <laughs> you got a problem. You have a real problem. When Lashley goes out and he puts a full Nelson on Sunberg in front of everybody... <laughs> And the crowd pops like it's a world champion victory. And you have to have poor MVP get on the mic and say, whoa, 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 whoa. He didn't know what he was doing. He couldn't have known it was Sunberg. Sunberg just came out of nowhere. I mean, what the fuck are we doing, man? What are we doing? And and listen, I'm on the Big East side of things. I'm all for big sweaty boys slapping meats, man. That's what I'm down for. I'm down for those. Those Bill Warnke big sweaty meats slapping together. You know, I that's I'm I'm about that. I'm about that life, but God, was that and, and what kind of story are we tell? So Goldberg's got a bad knee, and we're just yes. gonna stop the match. And yeah, it's gonna be Bobby Lashley versus Sunberg at Extreme Rules. Oh my god, someone <laughs> fucking shoot me in the head with a fucking Remington fucking 12 gauge. Well, I don't I don't know that for sure. I'm just gonna go ahead and guess. <laughs> The funny thing is you're joking right now, and this is a real angle we're going to fucking see. Hey, if Braun, Strowman, if Braun Strowman could win the tag titles with a nine-year-old that he plucked out of the crowd, then, 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 then Nick fucking Gage Goldberg can go ahead and oh my take, God. And take 
Listen, Braun Strowman's at Las Vegas parties right now, partying, drinking fucking Coors Light, partying with hot chicks, wearing bit vipers. Okay? That motherfucker's <laughs> cool. Don't fucking bring Braun Strowman in this fucking bit. But holy shit, dude. I don't even know. Can we just skip over that whole segment? I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It hurts my feelings. Yeah. All right. Going back. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But going back Moving to... On. Um, Going back to the main event, just because of the way that it ends, right? The big reveal of SummerSlam. And I give props to the WWE for this one because, you know, we knew, at least had a very strong idea that both Punk and Becky would be making their returns. I couldn't tell you that anyone truly was ready that for Brock to come back. So when Brock Lesnar's music hit, after the Reigns match, I was legitimately surprised. And I thought to myself, I'm like, what the, f- wait, 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 wait. Because Paul Heyman is, is firmly aligned with Roman and, and has been one of the best parts about Roman Reigns is Reign as champion. And now you got Brock making his comeback, who has always pretty much been aligned with Paul Heyman as well. So I'm thinking to myself, uh, wow, this is going to be interesting, very interesting. And and they didn't really show Paul's reaction to it very much, which I think is probably a good thing because they could, you know, really build on that overtime. But, uh, man, the look on Roman's face when Brock's music hit, like, I'm like, okay, I know that we're supposed to pretend that we've never seen Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar before, but, like, we've never seen, like, this Roman Reigns versus whatever the fuck version of Brock Lesnar this is. Fucking Captain fucking Jimmy Johns himself, man. <laughs> that dude had a fucking wife beater on and jeans. He had a badass skull belt buckle. And you know what the best part of the whole thing was? I thought he had boots on. He was wearing fucking dress shoes. That's a fucking look right there, man. <laughs> that is a look, man. He got to he must have gotten dressed freaky fast. Oh, my God. But you know what? It worked for me. And then he kicked Cena's ass. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I gotta... was it, wasn't that like after the cameras were off? It was after the cameras were off, which, I mean, hey, cool for the fans. But, I mean, that would have at least given us something to go out on. God, I'm still fucking pissed off about that fucking Goldberg match, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, Fuck then, you that know what? shit. You know what? I, I'll spend a, just, 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 just a small t- a bit of time here on Brock. All I'm going to say is, hey, man, I can't remember the last time Brock Lesnar was a babyface, but I'm interested in seeing babyface Brock. Oh, fucking people. Fuck, even Brock Lesnar guy was there. Brock oh, Lesnar yeah. guy lost his shit. And then Brock Lesnar guy had a flew. big weekend. Oh, man, he went to like every show. Shout out to Brock Lesnar guy. That dude fucking rules, man. He's better than the fucking Goldberg match. <laughs> Well, talking about things that were better than the Goldberg match, we're going to move on to NXT TakeOver, which, Derek, you you attended, and you were right there very close to the action on what could be the last TakeOver of its type. Um, you know, possibly the last night we've saw, we, we may have seen Adam Cole in a uh, WWE-sanctioned wrestling ring. I mean, dude, give me your take on the show. I mean, I thought it was great watching it from TV, but I mean, give me give me the uh, the details, man. Um, so going to Takeover Thirty Six was special. Just the fact that we actually were able to get tickets 
was pretty awesome. Um, and just the card, you know, we knew this card was going to be big. We knew this was going to be a good card. So I went with some buddies. I had an amazing time. Um, you know, uh, I will get to it. There were some moments that I was pretty shocked about. Um, but just to be there, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an experience, man. Um, told you, I actually text Mike on the phone and let him know, you know, dude, we are so late to this thing. We're going to get really shitty seats. And by the luck of God, man, we were right there on the glass. We were right on the glass next to the entrance ramp. It was awesome, man. There's nothing like being at a takeover. Um, I haven't been to a pay-per-view. Mike knows this last pay-per-view I think I went to was Bash at the Beach 2000. That was the last (laughs) pay-per-view that I actually went to. So uh, shout out WCW. Where you at? (laughs) Takeover 36. Uh, Awesome, man. Uh, Really good card really good matches and uh yeah man we'll just get into it the first match uh was amazing it was definitely easy i think it was the second best match on the entire card uh cameron grimes going one-on-one with the la knight and the stipulation being if cameron Grimes loses the million dollar man ted dibiase has to be his butler um awesome awesome I love both these guys i i love this feud that's been going on i was supposed to be at the pay-per-view where we're you know, LA Knight actually won the million dollar championship, which is just, it's, it's a cool moment, um, altogether. Um, but the fact that he beats Cameron Grimes, who's this redneck made millionaire, which is a great gimmick. And now he's got Ted DiBiase in his character or in his corner, sorry. And, uh, he loses to LA Knight and now has to be his butler. And he gets in all kinds of crazy, goofy, backwoods, fucking shit shenanigans, fucking working for L.A. Night, which I loved. I thought it was fucking amazing. I thought it was great. And, it was entertaining as all hell. And uh, let me tell you, he is over with the crowd. They love Cameron Grimes. And, uh, you know, I was a big fan of him in the independence. I loved him when he was in Impact. Um, so to see him in NXT, it's it's a cool it's 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 cool cool thing and uh you know for this to be an opener it was a amazing match not only do you have him come out throw off this this butler uniform and he's got the million dollar man vest and the million dollar mess trunks underneath and uh let me tell you people fucking hate la night and i know we all don't a lot of people don't like eli drake but i think they hate the name la night a lot more but That's man, you want to <laughs> you want to hate a heel? He's a good guy to hate. He's very um, good. He he reminds oh like he's got that '80s heel vibe to him. He's almost uh, like a modern. And I, I'm not trying to just to compare him, but just like that attitude. It reminds me, especially promo wise, of a of a of a Rick Rude. Like he does exactly have that vibe to him in his promos. That's yeah, a great yeah great comparison. Yeah, so uh, awesome match, great match. We saw a lot of good spots from both guys. Um, a lot of 2.9 counts, which you know in professional wrestling, I'm a huge fan of 2.9 counts. I want my butt to pucker on that that three. We're going to see it. And to see a guy kick out of some big spots, it's great. And then plus you have Ted DiBiase on the outside throwing punches. I mean, at one point he Irish whips Cameron Grimes into the stairs to do you know this, this badass lariat. And then uh, you've got him putting L.A. Knight in the million-dollar dream on the outside. 
that got the loudest pop, one of the loudest pops of the night, just to see Ted out there. And we actually, I actually had a joke because my buddy's like, holy shit, he's in great shape. And I said, it's Jesus, man. Once you find <laughs> Jesus, you get those Christian powers. You start beating up everybody. So, you can defend uh, yourself from all types of evil. Oh, yeah. When the Lord's on your side, there's no stopping you. But he looked great. <laughs> Ted, Ted DiBiase looked great. Oh, my God. And uh, the fact that, you know, he gets the W. Now we see Cameron Grimes with the million-dollar title. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you for a split second. I thought Virgil was going to come out and low blow Cameron Grimes and push Ted DiBiase on the ground. If Virgil would have came out, I, I think that WWE would have won the weekend bigger than CM Punk's return. by far. The, by me- far. The, if you... the, the godfather of the meat sauce mafia himself, you know, that that would be that would make my weekend. If he would have kicked Cameron Grimes in the fucking balls and then made it rain Olive Garden coupons, I think I think we would have broke the fucking internet. <laughs> Those unlimited breadsticks, baby. Oh, man. But, yeah, all jokes aside, great match, great way to open a show. The crowd was all for it, um, and I, I absolutely loved it. Great match. Lots of great matches on that card, man. Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez for the oh women's title. Oh, my God. Holy shit! They tore the house down. That was that was an unbelievable match, and and, uh, you, and seemingly the crowd was super into it as well. Yeah, man. I mean, you were texting me the whole time. The crowd was on their feet, and let me tell you something. I I had really not seen uh, anything from Raquel. I didn't really know too much about her, but uh, man, she fucking kicks some ass. Let me tell you what. They had a really really good match. Um, the stuff they were doing, some of these big spots, uh, there was an angle. I mean, literally um, a lot of super kicks, which I wasn't expecting a lot. But uh, holy shit, it, especially her retaining and Dakota Kai not getting the, the win. I, I yeah, thought they were I was surprised. And this is, this is a, a side note. You're going to hear me talk about this a lot in this show. These fans, man, were fucking savages. They were fucking <laughs> walking, talking diarrhea people. I don't know, maybe because you give free tickets out, this is what you're going to get. But if, if it had nothing to do with Adam Cole, they wanted to fucking stab and murder anyone who's in that fucking ring. They didn't fucking care. And Dakota Kai losing was just on top of it. And I thought they were going to burn the fucking building to the ground, man. These people were yelling <laughs> shit. Listen, this is an unrated podcast, okay? I could say fuck anus vagina on here and no one's going to bat an eye. But some of the shit these people were fucking yelling, I'm not going to repeat it on the podcast because I'm a gentleman and I, I don't want to repeat anything these fuckers, these nasty fuckers were saying, man. Holy shit. But... Yeah, let and, me tell you. And Dakota loved, Kai was the heel. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. They fucking loved her, dude. My whole chant, the entire, the whole entire pay-per-view was, come on, guys, they're both good. <laughs> Speaking of which, guys who are both good, Dragunov versus Walter. Oh, Whoa, man. Can we talk, my God. Can we talk about this fucking war? Holy that shit. That might be the match of the weekend. I, mean, I said, oof. I said, Listen, these are two guys that I have followed from the beginning. I have loved Walter since I first laid eyes on him. When I saw him chop a motherfucker for the first time, I said, this is my guy. This is my guy. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. if you go back and, and you watch his matches with guys like Zack Sabre Jr. And guys like Will Ospreay, 
some of these awesome talents that he has just demolished and put on some fucking wars, you know, right off the bat. Now, like I said, I knew this would steal the show. I called it from the beginning when this card was, you know, when this match was announced on the card. Um, we saw what they did in the first match. We knew it was going to be a five-star match. We knew it was going to be a match of the year candidate for sure. So I kind of was, you know, hoping, oh man, you know, I hope this isn't a flop, but no, exactly how I fucking called it. These guys put on a show. It was a war from the beginning. The bell rang and these guys beat the living piss out of each other. Just watching those two guys go balls to the wall. Like, they held nothing back. Dragunov's chest was, like, beat to shit by the end of that match. I, I remember, like, I'm sitting on the couch, and I look at, I look at Stephanie, and I say, these, these two guys are going to beat the piss out of one another. Oh, and exactly. I think they did that and then some. And I, I seriously, I couldn't. I, I, Edge and Seth was just a, a phenomenal match on a huge stage. I think that this match from a standpoint of wanting to watch two guys take themselves to another level, I really, my hat is off to both of those guys. And, and, and Dragunov makes Walter tap. Unbelievable. I don't Unbelievable. think anyone would have had that one on their bingo card. Now, like I said, I, I, you know, here I am watching, this match and I'm seeing these amazing spots. I mean, I, I, we were texting back and forth the entire match. You saw that big chop off the turnbuckle where oh. literally Walter puts him on top, hits him with the big chop, sends dragon off flying off. I, I, we all thought he was dead. We thought he was dead. So the fact that he gets in and he's, you know, Walter at this point has taken the bandage off his forehead. You know, he's busted him a little bit. He telling this amazing story and dragging off the whole match is working on this choke. Everyone in the he, there's no way they're gonna have him drop drop the belt to dragging off. There's no fucking way. So when he comes up from behind and starts hitting him with these strikes, I mean wearing him down, and then he gets the choke, locks it in, and stretches Walter, and Walter taps and loses the reign of the UK world title. I mean absolutely one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling i think i've ever been a part of um absolutely awesome awesome moment and like i said these two guys we saw we heard the fight forever chant it's true these are two guys that you can put them a hundred times i'm not gonna get bored with it and we've talked about it in the past i i grew up as a wcw kid and there's guys like guerrero malenko Give me Jericho Malenko. I'll watch that match a hundred times. I won't get bored of it. I won't get bored of it. Give me Attitude Era feuds. Give me Shamrock Owen Hart. I'll watch that match all fucking day. There's certain guys when they have chemistry and it works and they can put on a five-star match, I want to see it. You know, Okada, Omega, the list goes on. When something works like that and it's, it's money and it's good and it's authentic, we want to see it. This is exactly what Walter and Dragunov did. I thought it was a phenomenal match. I'm super excited I got to be there. And to see history change, Dragunov said it best, man. The end of the reign of the Ring General and the new reign of the Tsar. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that. It's it's really cool. It's, it is definitely... 
it definitely makes me want to watch NXT UK. Um, and and you alluded to guys that wanted to put on, you know, big matches, and there's big expectations behind those matches. And there's there was no match with bigger expectations, I think, than the match that probably should have been the main event of the show was a best two out of three falls match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. And, you know, we know that Adam Cole's contract is expiring with WWE. We know that this was likely the last match that Adam Cole was going to wrestle for NXT and possibly WWE as well. And it seems like that's going to be the case. And he could very well wind up in AEW like everybody else has. But I mean, you had a you had a regular match, you had a street fight, and you had a steel cage between two guys that, I, I like, I have alluded to on the in the la, in the last podcast are two guys that are really gonna go, and and you know they're not gonna they're not gonna hold back and you, they know that they're gonna put on a show for this last match if it is Adam Cole's last match and you know maybe it was Walter and Dragunov being a hard act to follow. But I felt like this match, there were great moments. They were, it, was an, it was a great match. But I feel like the, crowds, the crowd really started to die down. Um, and, I, and I think it's because that, that Walter and Dragunov match was hard to follow. I mean, you were there. Yeah, I mean, when you have a match that good and you have a strong, sorry, a strong opener to your card, like the three matches you started with once the crowd finds out that O'Reilly Cole is not the main event. It, it was dead. Let me tell you something. It was dead. They were mad. They were angry. Uh, I have quite a few videos on my phone of just me filming the crowd reaction because I was Holy shit, man. And at the end of the day, like I said, man, what are we here for? We're here to watch professional wrestling. Two great athletes, guys that have a history, guys that are going to have a great performance. And they did not want anything to do with Kyle O'Reilly. I don't know if it was because they knew Cole was on his way out. I don't know if they just weren't fans. In my personal opinion, Kyle O'Reilly's in my top five of the best guys in the business right now. I love the match. Like I said, I, I, we talked about this last week. I love the match these two guys had in ROH for the world title. I thought it was a great feud. Um, I've loved what, our, what O'Reilly's done with Red Dragon in the independence. I've loved watching him tag team with Bobby Fish. It's sad that, you know, he's gone. He's not with the company anymore. But to see Kyle have this solo run is, is cool. It's it's different. It's, it's a guy who's super talented, Awesome technical wrestler. You know me and my technical wrestlers. Um, I'm a mark for guys like that. Um, so I was all for this match. I was super excited for this match. So to see Kyle O'Reilly come out and just, you suck, O'Reilly. No one. It's You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of uh, Jingle All the Way with Turbo Man and Booster. That's exactly what it was. Nobody we likes Booster. Booster. No, that's exactly how it felt. No one wanted Kyle O'Reilly. And, you know, Cole comes out and the place erupts. In my personal opinion, I thought it was a great match. Um, the street fight spot where he puts Adam Cole on the chair with the trash can over him and then drop kicks. Oh, him, my God. That was amazing. dope as hell. <laughs> amazing. Amazing spot. I mean, even, even Adam Cole takes two chairs, puts them together, and then just literally gorilla presses, catapult launches oh. Kyle O'Reilly on his back. 
And oh, let me tell you something. I don't know if he was super hurt. I don't know if he just sold it really well. But the fact that you have the refs, holy shit, this guy, this guy could be paralyzed. He took that bump really hard. The, everyone gasped. Everyone stopped at the show. And then what does Adam Cole do? Just to get that good old heat, walks up and kicks him in the fucking head. I don't care if he's hurt in real life. I don't care if he's selling it. I'm just going to kick him in the fucking head. It the made it that heel, much Adam better. Cole, oh, my God. And, you know, of course, I think in my personal opinion, when we see O'Reilly get this fast roll up, I knew right then and there, oh, we're going to we're rush for time. And I remember sitting there during the street fight saying, you know, talking to my buddy and saying, we got 18 minutes left. I don't know what they're going to do, you know, and, uh, you know, Cole comes back, hits this sick Canadian destroyer. Boom. One, two, three. We're all tied up. We move on to the cage match, which is great. And a lot of people say, well, come on. You can see the cage on top of the arena. We're not fucking idiots. You know, it's going all three. So they lower the cage. One of my personal favorite moments is they can't get the cage to lock. So literally the poor ref is up on the turnbuckle with the cage lock, trying to lock the doors into place. And we're all sitting there going, oh, oh, oh. And he sets it in and it gets the loudest pop of the night, in my personal opinion. Another video. <laughs> we'll see if we can get it there for you. A lot of people didn't like the finish to this match. Uh, I know you had some issues with it. You said you weren't yeah, a big fan hand, of it. The handcuffs coming out of nowhere. and. Uh, it was it was weird. I'll tell you, it, it wasn't the best. But, you know, I think, A, this should have been main event from the beginning. I think 100%. Joe Cross world title, I understand it's going to be your main event. Um, but at, like I said, man, after, the, after this Walter Dragunov match, the crowd went mild. Really, people didn't know how to take it. I mean, I the energy, the energy that you, that your crowd it, like, expends, like. You know, here I am thinking, you know, dude, this is you're, – you're seeing Kyle O'Reilly wrestle Adam Cole in a best-of-three match. The place should be – you should they should be hanging from the fucking rafters. This should be explosive. But it was, it was a surreal experience. And, you know, Cole goes for the first super kick while he's handcuffed, the second one, and then O'Reilly catches him, puts him in the knee bar, Cole taps. Now you got the crowds even more worked up and you still have one more match to put on and it's a carrying cross match. And I ain't going to lie to you, brother. Nobody wants to see a fucking carrying cross match. <laughs> I, you know, some people really like cross. I know you and I have talked. We're not, we're not the biggest fans of carrying cross. And, but I, you know what? I will say this, man. I don't think the match was, was all too memorable. Um, I, you know, we all kind of had a feeling that Joe was going to take home the title and I'm glad that Joe, you know, gets to be the king of the mountain there in, in uh, NXT, but, um, you know, it was a fine match. I don't think there was anything like that memorable, like I said, but nobody, regardless of our feelings of carrying cross deserves what he had to go through on fucking raw. The oh next my night God. where this is a typical my god it's a typical vince mcmahon like i don't know who you are so we're gonna slap this on you and because that's what i see when i look at you like so for those of you who did not watch monday night raw and are familiar with carrying cross you're a lucky son of a bitch they basically slapped like like some leather suspenders on him and uh 
uh, a fucking weird hockey mask. He looked like that terrible fucking Ron Simmons gladiator fucking gimmick and fucking demolition had a baby. He looks like Lord Humongous from from uh, Road Warrior. I he looks like he joined a demolition. Like I don't I I don't know what what Vince is thinking by you know carrying cross is supposed to, is supposed to be booked as this badass monster heel and you made him look like a fool. I mean he looks like what Vince would have booked in the 80s. And this is why these guys that come up from NXT just die regardless of whether they're talented or not. Most of the guys that get called up to the main roster are very talented. Karrion Cross is talented. He looks like a million bucks and you made him look like an absolute clown. And his fucking suspenders were falling off by the end of that match. So they gave him a crappy uh, piece of gear to wear. Oh, it just, it didn't look right. It didn't fit right. It, it I don't know what it is. And listen, I'm not the biggest Karrion Cross fan in the world. He's got cool gear. He looks intimidating. Keep him the way he is, man. He looks this, great this in NXT. Need, this whole looks need, great. Let me talk about Karrion Cross for a second. Karrion Cross goes out in this match. He wrestles Samoa Joe. You know, it's 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 not the best match in the world, but you know what? It's entertaining. And when Karrion Cross came out, I thought there was a glitch in the matrix because not one person made a sound. It literally, I thought like, I thought like something broke or the audio stopped or something. Cause you could, you could hear a mouse fart, Mike. That's how quiet it was in this arena. <laughs> and poor Karen cross comes out and there's one fan cheering from him. And he's not even cheering right. Cause his poor dad never had showed him how to cheer at a wrestling event. So every five seconds, this dude's going, let's go Karen cross. Let's go, Carrying Cross. Come on, Carrying Cross. Get up, Carrying Cross. And literally, these fans are just chewing them to pieces and say, going back, saying terrible shit. I'm not going to repeat. Just <laughs> terrible shit. And yes, Joe comes out. He does the muscle buster. The place goes friggin' nuts, you know. Oh, dude, Samoa the Joe. Of the muscle buster was awesome. Oh, man. Samoa Joe gets the, the W. And then there's a part, and we I told you this on the phone, but Karrion Cross is sitting there in the ring. They're trying to make him look tough. Karrion Cross is sitting there, and it's dead quiet, and someone goes, you fucking suck, Cross! And Karrion Cross just puts his arms up like, what do you want from me, man? I don't want to go to Raw. And he's sitting there, and he's <laughs> trying to talk back, trying to be a heel, like a normal heel would be, and try to talk back. Some fucking asshole goes, yeah, whatever. Shut the fuck up, bitch. We'll see you on fucking Raw. <laughs> which, which is like, which is an insult, which is an insult now. He Back said, in the day, like, if you would have said that to a guy in developmental, <coughs> like, it would be like, all right, well, fuck off. I'm, I'm going to the main roster. See, I don't have to deal with people like you. And uh, now it's like, oh, my God, like, ah, he's shit. He's right. I have to go to Raw. <laughs> Oh, he said whatever we'll see. Stupid costume. Oh, man. He said whatever, man. We'll see on Raw, bitch. Best, I will say, out of all the fuckery that went on this this weekend in in WWE or in wrestling in general, my favorite thing that I stumbled upon on on Twitter was um, during a, a Ring of Honors event that 
the return of the spectral envoy, Ultramantis Black made his way back to the wrestling biz. And the fucking I coolest mar- thing all I week. I marked out pretty hard. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the work of the Spectral Envoy or Ultramantis Black from their days in Chikara, um, as as hokey as WWE could be, Chikara was hokey but knew how to how to lean into being hokey. Ultramantis Black was a man who was who was a super villain that was also a bug. Um, and he had he had a, t- a tag team of Frightmare and Hollow Wicked, which are basically masked Halloween wrestlers um, who are badass and super talented. Um, and they were just like a, a, a spooky tag team uh, or a spooky trio. And man, they were fun as hell to watch in Chikara. So to see Ultramantis Black come back to the wrestling biz also, that's a return that I know that didn't get the headlines that the other ones did. But man, that made just my heart just warm and fuzzy. Oh my God. A CM team with Delirious. They looked yes. awesome. And mm-hmm. if anyone knows anything, man, me and Mike are the biggest Chikara marks. I mean, we've seen some of the best talent and professional wrestling come out of Chikara. We've seen guys like Brody Lee, guys like Eddie Kingston, guys like Mike Quackenbush. Guys like Cesaro, you know, went wrestled through Chikara as well. Guys like Cassius Ono or Chris Hero to some as well. You know, CM Punk wrestled some matches through Chikara. I believe Brian Danielson did as well. Chikara. Yeah, Los Ice Creams. Yeah, these are real guys <laughs> we're talking about. If you don't know who Los Ice Creams are, you're a piece of shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. I know it's been a it's been a long one for us today, a little bit long winded, but uh, there was a lot to cover. Um, so thanks for sticking with us throughout this uh, this journey. And uh, yeah, I mean, as a you know, please like, share, subscribe um, on whatever platform that you listen to us on. We'd love if you could help us spread the word here uh, for the wrestling reanimator. Um, and again, just thank you so much for listening. Uh, for Derek Warnke, Derek, where can uh, where can our listeners find you on social? Yeah, man, on Twitter as always. You can find me at Falls Count Anywhere. That's Falls with a Z. Uh, and then uh, if you're going to look for me on Instagram, it's Derek D E R E K the number four, and then Reels, no S, but two Z's. Two Z's. I'm gonna go to sleep. Two Z's, because I'm probably gonna go to sleep after this. No, just kidding. It's <laughs> for reels with two Z's. Um, and that's my you can find me on Instagram. Oh, wonderful. Uh for me, you can find me at Mike Louie, L-E-W-I-E, on all your social platforms for the most part. Um, whether it's your TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, for wrestling reanimator. Pornhub, yeah. You can find uh, the Wrestling Reanimator on Instagram. Uh, uh, you can find us on Twitter as well at Wrestling Reani, R E A N I. Um, so please give us a, a follow there. Um, and yeah, thanks for for joining us. I just want to give a shout out to uh, our uh, my my good buddy Dylan Dotson, who's been uh, tuning in every week for uh, these episodes of the Wrestling Reanimator and. Um, really appreciate your listening and here's that shout out that you ordered so uh (laughs) thanks for joining us yeah man if i could do one quick shout out too uh because i kind of said i'd give him a shout out 
my friend Mike Cruz. Yeah, uh, he was at, he was there uh, with my other good friend Freddie Robertson uh, at Takeover. Love you guys, uh, Mike. Just want to do a quick shout out for you. Thank you for that grape soda. It was delicious, and it saved my life on that car ride back home. You are a true king amongst men. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so, with that being said, thank you all. Thank you all to the to the to our to our small group of fans that have been listening to the Wrestling Reanimator podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you stumbled upon us today, we thank you for spending this time with us, and uh, we look forward to doing it again real soon because there's a lot of professional wrestling coming back from the dead here to uh to entertain us all so until next time friends peace